We welcome you to the media ministries of the Gathering Church in the Countryside YMCA of Mainville. As we love the Lord and each other, we're trusting that God would use us to plant a church in every YMCA around the world. To this end, would you join us? We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and in community groups throughout the week. As you listen to this resource, our prayer is that your love for Jesus would grow deep and your love for others would be seen and heard. Let's, let's all remain standing. Uh, we come to a very important uh, time in our worship service where we get to hear from the Lord. God speaks to us from his word, and we're going to share in that right now. Our scripture this morning is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. I believe it'll be on the screen. If not, you can follow along in your Bibles or your phone apps or whatever. Uh, again, Deuteronomy 6, starting with verse 4. Let's hear what the Lord has to say for us and remain standing as we read from his word. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk with of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the instruction that it gives us in teaching our children and raising them up in you. Lord, as Mike shares with us this morning from this passage of scripture, help it to speak to our hearts and our minds so that we can put it into practice in our lives and live for you daily. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And I think this is the time for Children's Church, correct? So children or kids, you're dismissed to go on to uh, Children's Church. Pretty sweet being able to look up that passage with a bunch of girls on the front row. Doesn't get any better than that. Well, hey, good morning. Great to see you all here. Uh, to those who are Bengal fans, congratulations. 31 years, right? That's, Josh said, um, I'm 30. I'm, <laughs> I've never seen this. So this is a great thing, Josh, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, hey, if you're visiting with us, welcome. If uh, you were visiting with us last week, and uh, you don't remember, I'm the guy who gave the men's announcement, and I said that we're going to study the art of husbandry, uh, which was brought to my attention that that is uh, animal care. Um, I don't know if I hurt or helped the message on the men's ministry, 
but um, I would like to uh, ask for forgiveness and like reword my um, my announcement that we will be studying the art of husbanding. Uh, husbanding. Yes, no shearing, no animal stuff. So you can tell I grew up in a locker room, not on the farm, right? <laughs> well, um, hey, just a little sermon calendar um, to to uh, let you know where we're going. Uh, in February, we're going to start the book of Daniel. Uh, that's why the youth's buying that book. And um, the elders and I, we've just been praying and uh, we, we feel like it is time for our church to study this book, to um, give us a good shot of prophecy. We're going to study the whole thing um, to um, see the kingdom of God um, and uh, to see how Daniel lived out his faith in tumultuous times, uh, such as 2022. And we are praying that it would be such a great and impactful book on your life. So uh, get excited. Daniel is coming your way. But before that, uh, for the next three weeks, um, as we have just been praying through and coming off of Christmas and asking the Lord to prepare him room for our hearts, give him space to work, we really felt like um, uh, what surfaced was, Lord, prepare our church, prepare room in our hearts in the area of parenting. We're a young church. We have a mission field right in, our, right in our building of a daycare where there's tons of families wanting to know how to parent. And this is a massive issue, massive like opportunity for our church to grow and conform more into the image of Christ and learn how to honor him in parenting. So we're going to spend some time studying what the Bible has to say about parenting. Here is um, some top tweets from this past week on parenting for you. Are you ready? Here we go. A two-year-old is kind of like having a blender, but you don't have a top for it. That was good. I tucked my kids in for bedtime and said, see you in the morning. And then we laughed and laughed. I saw them 16 more times before sunrise. <laughs> I like this one. Ready? Can't find your kids? Don't worry. Sit on the toilet. They'll find you. <laughs> anyone, anyone been there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Us too. Us too. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can lay down again. <laughs> this one is pretty pointed. Oh, I get it. You think you're better than me because your kids have both shoes on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's relatable for the Newman family. We're kind of a hippie family. We don't wear shoes ever. Okay, uh, today is school picture day, so my kids wore their favorite toothpaste on their shirts. Welcome to parenthood. You just stepped in a puddle inside your house. <laughs> Last one. Oh, that was the last one. Yeah. <laughs> don't you love those? We, we need some help in parenting, don't we? That's, that's just a great picture of real life. And thankfully, God's word speaks to this issue and has a lot to say about it. If you're not a parent, and if you're here with us, 
it'll be good to hear these messages and to learn the, the value of, of how God places um, and, and holds the art of parenting. Um, even more so, though, it'll be, it'll be good for you if you're not a parent to learn how to love and disciple uh, others in your church, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, for example, when we lived in Texas, um, one of the most influential women um, that helped Hannah in her mothering was a woman that didn't have children. How could she help Hannah if she didn't have kids? How could she speak to Hannah's experience as a mother if she didn't go through those already? She had the scriptures and she had the Holy Spirit and she had a profound impact on her life. So to encourage you, the next three weeks, um, these are for everyone. This is for the body of Christ. Uh, the title to go along with our, our, our arrows to reach up, to reach in, to reach out. Today's message is called Up Parenting. Up Parenting. And here's the summary. Hopefully you just leave with one thing in your mind. Uh, the summary is, dear parents, abide. Dear parents, abide. And I've chosen uh, John 15 as our text uh, this morning because, and hear this message just loud and clearly, uh, parenting starts with you. So we're going to focus on the mommies and daddies uh, today. So I'm going to read John 15. So go in your Bibles to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, chapter 15. And I'm going to read verses 4 and 5 for us. This is the word of the Lord. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you are here and maybe your spouse is serving in the nursery or is homesick um, and you guys come together and she asks, what was the message about? And you say, uh, well, it was on parenting. Uh, she'll probably say something like, oh, good. We need that. Right. Um, and then and then she'll say, well, what did you what did what did the preacher man say about parenting? And then you will probably hopefully will say, well, he said to abide. And then she's going to go, well, what does that mean? And if you go like this, oh, I don't know, then I have failed you today. And, um, and that's the goal, that you would have a clear picture of how to abide in Christ in your parenting. So if you go, huh, I don't know, that won't help much after the next few moments. So let's figure out together through the scriptures what is this abiding business all about? Okay, so we're going to go deep in the scriptures for about 10 minutes. Here we go. Let's look at abiding as it relates to the analogy. Okay, so what is abiding? So if you're taking notes, and I would encourage you to do so, write abide on the top of your note and start, and start um, putting bullets about describing what this means. 
So let's look at it from the illustration. Okay. This is the famous passage. You know, Jesus says, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. He's talking about branches, vines. And Jesus is teaching us that he's the vine, we're the branches, and the very life of the branches, the sap that comes and gives life to it, is from Jesus himself. If a branch is broken off from the vine, there's no life. So the branch finds its very life in being connected to the vine. Okay? Listen to Matthew Henry. This is an older guy, wrote a lot on the scriptures. Uh, this is a quote starting off with note. Note, it is a great concern of all Christ's disciples constantly to keep up a dependence upon Christ and communion with him habitually to adhere to him, and actually, get this, actually derive supplies from him. This is an older guy, so he talks a little different than modern day language. But what he's saying is that if you are starting like a word bank on abiding, he's saying it's got to include a dependency. You've got to depend on the Lord. It's got to include communion with him which is like from the root word union or unity. You have to commune with the Lord. You can't have broken fellowship with him. Parentheses, if you got sin in your life, you need to deal with it. You're not in communion. You're not in fellowship with him. So abiding is seeking continual communion with our Lord. Matthew Henry talks about how it is a habitual thing to adhere to him, which would mean something along the lines of that it is your habit to strive to listen to God. That's like your normative rhythms in your life. And I love that last like phrase, don't you? To actually derive supplies from him. You're the branch, he's the vine. And your very life, your energy, everything that you get is coming from the Lord our Savior. Just personal illustration. Um, but so far, hearing that, your definition or maybe your preconceived understanding of abide should totally like blow the top off your head right now. Like I remember in college, I had this friend and her name was Allison. And anytime, she was just a jokester. Anytime she was asked, how you doing? Which is frequent, right? Instead of just answering the typical cliche, oh, I'm doing good. How you doing, right? She would go, I'm just abiding, you know? And it always like evoked this response from everyone like, oh, that's weird. But like when she did it to me, how you doing, Allison? Oh, I'm just abiding. The tone that she used painted this picture of abiding where it was like her life was sitting on a lawn chair on the beach, um, having a drink with one of those cute umbrellas and just like soaking up the sun. I'm just abiding. All right. Now, remember, we're talking about parenting. Question. Has that been your experience in parenting? Okay. I will take that as a no. Right. Like, what would be more true to my experience and yours, I'm sure, is a depending, 
like a continual listening, a, uh, a blowing it and getting back into fellowship with God. Hey, sweetheart, I'm sorry I said that. I was, I, I lost self-control. Will you please, will you please forgive me, right? An actual like craving sustenance from the Lord. That's been my experience and my joy in parenting. So there's the illustration. We're continuing to build our word bank of our understanding of what abiding means. Let's look at the actual text and see how Jesus explains abiding with words. Okay, just a little bit more with me. We're going to read verse five, uh, four and five together. Here we go. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Whole bunch of abides right there. Verse five. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay, so right there, we're gleaning this idea that abiding surely is not just soaking up the sun with this daiquiri and the umbrella drink. It has something to do with bearing fruit. That when you are connected with the Lord, that that the result is fruit. And I think it's really good, fine, reasonable to think that that means just fruit of the Spirit. So like when you're connected with Jesus, when you're in fellowship with Him, communing with Him, that actually what seems invisible will come out in visible, tangible fruit, such as love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control, those will, we say we grow in stair steps, those will, will become more a part of your life as you grow closer to Jesus. Theologians call it sanctification, right? So abiding results in fruit. Look at the next time we see the word abiding. It's in verse 6. Find it with your eyes. Here we go. If anyone does not abide in me, He's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So here we see that if we don't abide, essentially in modern day language, we're toast. There's, this one stings a little bit. There's a, there's a warning here. And then we get in verse 7, a real fascinating picture or description of what abiding looks like. Let me read it. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Isn't that interesting? So again, we're still talking about parenting. And in order to parent, we must abide. And if we are to abide, then we have to have his words abide in us. We have to value, think, read, meditate, memorize his words so that we can stay connected to the vine. Uh, friends, you don't need a seminary degree to figure this one out. Like a life that is connected to the true vine happens via his words. And not just like being familiar with a story here or there, familiar with these words, but hanging on every word, like allowing the words to abide, to remain, to dwell in us. If you want me to like spell it out, it's like to know our Bibles. 
I think of Psalm 30, uh, 130. You don't have to go there, but listen to this. It says, I wait for the Lord. How do I do that? How do I abide and wait, hope in the Lord? It says, my soul waits and in his word, I hope. How do you wait? You, I, I, I'm, I'm sad that this language has gone out of fashion, but you stand on the promises of God through his word. It's not cheesy. That's a really good old hymn. But that's a great picture of how to abide, how to walk with Jesus. You take a promise and you trust it. You stand on it. You believe it. You apply it. So, again, if you're building your word bank of abide, you're putting in a bullet point of the word. Let's go to the next time that we see abide. It says in verse 9, and you're going to love this one. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So, so far in this message, in our study of abiding, if you at all were receiving a heap of guilt or like a to-do list, Jesus tells you, hey, you need to know that I love you very much. Who needs to be told that today? Right, not just um, not just like oh, I love you, love you, bro, or whatever. He loves you. He likes you. He wants to spend time with you. He loves you so much. He gave his his own life for you. It's not this heavy workload or this guilt driven task of like endless to dos in order to stay in God's good pleasure. You got to dwell on that. That's a beautiful truth. And in that dwelling, there's this resting nature that comes with abiding in God's love. That you can be secure in God because he has great love for you. Amen? Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. All right, so there it is. There's the end of our passage. And it's couched in love and the resulting joy in verse 11. We learn that abiding in him is obedience unto him, unto his commands. So we've got abide in love, and if my words abide in you, and then if you obey my commandments, you're abiding in me. So here's, here's a summary definition, like a Newman draft one working definition. Build it on your own, but here's like my best shot in January as a 41-year-old. Ready? Abiding definition. Remembering he loves you. You see that on there? There it is. Depend on him for your sustenance in life. Trusting his every word while seeking to obey his commands. It's a little bit of a mouthful. It's not necessarily like so memorable, but I'm just trying to capture all that we've learned so far and what it means to abide from John 15. There's an aspect of resting and remembering his love for you, depending on him for his sustenance, trusting his every word while seeking to obey. 
And as we break up into community groups this year or this week, we're going to look at that definition and ask, hey, which phrase did you need to hear or be reminded of? Share with your group. That's how we're going to walk with Jesus this week together. Next week, we're going to get into what are the commandments for parents by studying what David Bickle read, Deuteronomy 6. But for this Sunday, we're just saying in modern day language that if you don't abide, you're toast. So remember, this is for the grandma and grandpa. This is for the moms and dads who have kids now out of the house and they are navigating uncharted waters of how to parent adult children and their role. You must abide. This is for like the mom and dad who have little ones and they are like running around and they are exhausted. Can I get a witness? Anybody there? Okay. Quick story, quick story. Uh, when, when we used to live in Texas and like we had, I don't know, like seven and five and two and you know, any of the little kids. I remember um, Hannah went out uh, and did like a women's event. And I was like, I got this, right? It was on a Friday night. And I, uh, I was tired from like a long week of work. And I was tired because I was like wanting to make this special for my kids. Like we're going we're gonna to sleep outside in a tent in our backyard. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have marshmallows and it's going to be such a great daddy daughter time and we're, you're going to love it, right? And like, Hannah, go have fun and I've got this. It's going to be great. And Hannah came home around like 10 or 10.30 and she came home to, like our backyard was fenced in. So like, don't call anyone on me, okay? But um, our girls were running all over our backyard, okay? Little kids with marshmallow all over their face and then she looked, the tent was set up and her husband, namely me, okay, was half in, half out of the tent, totally asleep. <laughs> I was exhausted, right? And she comes and wakes me up. Hey, what, what's going on? What's happening? Oh, babe, I'm so sorry, right? It's like, I mean, th there is different chapters of parenting and some of you are in the very tired chapter. Yes. And then there's folks who don't have kids, who are not biological parents, but they're a part, you're a part of the body of Christ. And you're learning and you're gleaning how to help your fellow brother and sister in this chapter of their life called parenting. So here's two to three things to close with, okay? Here's the first one. If you are not a believer, okay? So if you're not a believer, really you can be the most disciplined person on the planet. You can be the hardest working person ever. Yet you won't fulfill the, the main function of your role as mom or dad. Namely this, that you are the earthly father or the earthly mother. Your whole job is to depict your heavenly father. And if you don't have Jesus, not connected to the vine, you can't. 
You need Jesus in your life to fulfill this massive calling and role. You need Jesus. How you do this, how you get Jesus, is through the recognition of your need for a Savior, not recognizing that you need help in parenting. You need to recognize that Jesus came to this earth to save you from your sins. And in so doing, in that recognition, it's a, a knowledge and awareness and a turning from. The Bible calls it repentance. It says, I can't do this on my own and I can't save myself on my own. I need someone else to do it. Someone with alien righteousness, because I ain't righteous. Someone, someone with righteousness outside of myself. And so it's a turning from sin and it's a placing your faith and trust in Jesus to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all the unrighteousness. That's how you get Jesus. Now, the apostle John called it receiving Christ. So if you're wondering how to become a Christian, John says, for as many as received him to those he gave right to become children of God. You're not a Christian just by being born in a nice Christian home. You're not a Christian by going to church. You're not a Christian by doing good things. Christians are those who receive Christ, who are done with themselves and say, I need Christ. So if you're not a believer today, um, we love you and we're excited that you're here and we want to, we want to talk to you more about, um, about the status of your soul, we could say. Okay? Uh, and here's number two. If you are a believer, uh, hopefully this is the message that you're hearing. You must abide in Christ. In your parenting, you must abide in Christ. Okay? Now I brought a little illustration my fellow elder thought this was a spittoon here. Um, so this is, a, this is you right here. And, um, and in parenting, we often feel like we're being poured out with our energy, with our life. Like everything we have is being poured out. And this is a good thing. Um, moms and dads who are believers, they want to glorify God with their life. And they see their kids every day and they want to do it well. They, they want to please Jesus with how they parent. And so slowly, they just they, they commit their lives to, to living for their kids, to, to make sure that the gospel is seen and heard um, in their home. They screw up. But they, in, in essence, they're, they're trying and they're being poured out. And so like this water, it's just a continual process of pouring yourself out and being used by God. And pretty soon, in parenting, you feel like you don't have anything left. Does anyone feel that way? I mean, that's how I feel. It's a daily thing. That we come to the Lord once in our conversion, but we don't just stop there. We don't say, oh yeah, yeah, when I was six, I came to Christ, but I don't need to come to him anymore for help or sustenance or dependence or anything. 
And so the mom and dad like spends themselves and at night they just lay down and they're exhausted and they go, how in the world am I ever going to do this? How am I going to wake up tomorrow and be ready to do the same thing over and over again with the light of Christ? And Jesus would say, I know. Abide in me and I in you. He who abides in me will bear much fruit. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. If you if you seek after the commandments, if you remember my words and follow me, then I'll abide in you. And so pretty soon you go and you wake up the next morning and you you've been given more from the Lord. And it's an incredible thing because you the next day experience this amazing energy, this amazing like calling from God. And it's like, I came to you and you supplied. You're faithful. Your mercies are new every morning. And wow, I need that. And I've tried to parent dry. I've tried to like, I've tried to do it on my own. I've tried to do it in and of my own strength. And I've seen, I'm not just in it so that it'll work. I'm in it to glorify you. You come back to the Lord. Lord, I'm dependent on you. And he's faithful. And he gives you more and more and more through the power of the Holy Spirit. He fills you up. You keep coming back to him. You confess your sins. He makes you right. And you experience what we see in the last verse of this, of this passage. It's joy. Parenting isn't a labor anymore, but your cup really does flow. It overflows. It overflows. Now, some of you kids are going, I didn't know Pastor Mike was a magician. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you how I did it. Here's a few suggestions to end our time. Okay. This is an efforts to land the plane with practicalities. Uh, This is not a thus saith the Lord, but here are some habits um, that would help you abide in Christ. Okay? Um, This would fall under the the umbrella of training yourself for godliness. This is from 1 Timothy 4.7. It says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. So it doesn't just happen by osmosis. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Here's four suggestions. Kneel to pray three times a day. So this is a physical commitment to display your dependence towards God and your desire to abide. Like the habit would look something like this. Before... and. Before you put your feet down in the morning, land on your knees first. Okay, now don't get all like weird on me and don't get all legalistic. Like it's okay if you need to use the restroom first, right? Or, you know, if you need to turn off your alarm first, like my wife wouldn't like that. But like, hey, if you, if you could display some of your first actions of the day to be a dependence on the Lord, um, you would be abiding in him. 
Number two, scripture before phone. <laughs> so this is my New Year's resolution, okay? And uh, I've really struggled with this. It's like January 16th, and it's been hard for me the last few weeks. Um, I, had, I had fallen in a habit of waking up, turning off my phone, and immediately checking my text messages and my email. And sometimes even before making the bed or, or saying good morning to my wife, right? It's just habit. Boom, boom. What do I got today? And it's been a beautiful time uh, to start the year. And it's been hard, like turn off my alarm and stick it in my phone. And my mind is wondering, I wonder who's texted me. I wonder who's called. I wonder what emails I have, right? It has been good to run to the Lord first. Scripture before phone is a great way to abide in Christ, to remember his words, because if his words abide in you, you're abiding. Number three, have one communal meal a day. Now we're going to a little bit dip into next week, and we're going to talk more about parenting, what that looks like in terms of the in arrows. But to have one communal meal a day is a significant commitment for a family that has like kids and soccer and, you know, music lessons and therapy over here or counseling or whatever. Like a family, if they don't protect a meal, will be running all over the place. So if you can sit down together for 30 minutes, for 45 minutes, and be able to, and moms and dads, this would be your time, but dads especially you to lead out, okay? This would be your time to share how you have abided in Christ that day. To tell your children, your family, this is how I walked with Jesus today. And to ask them how they're doing. We'll talk a whole lot about that next week. Here's the last one. Have one vulnerable conversation a week. And I shared this a few weeks ago, um, but this is also one that I am trusting the Lord with in my life. In this process of parenting, you need friends. You need good support around you. Like we need to be discipled. Uh, we need our community group. And you need to have the commitment to open up your life to another person and be vulnerable with them so that real change can happen. You can read as many books as you want. You can like have half of the Bible memorized. If you are not willing to open up and share actually how you are doing and what's really going on in your life, it will be very difficult to bear fruit. Would you consider this? Um, worship team, would you come up, please? And let's just spend a moment um, not letting our thoughts run to lunch, not letting our thoughts run to like the next playoff football game. But would you just sit in this moment of, Lord, is there something with abiding that you wanted me to hear today? Lord, in what ways can I abide in you this week? If you are far from the Lord right now, 
a great action point would, would be for you to, to come to him and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I want communion with you again. I want to be restored. If you are close with him, yet weary, you need to trust him that he will supply your every need. Amen? That's scripture. And my God will supply everything we need for life and godliness. If you're downcast this morning, if your heart is just sunk, that you can trust him and you can go to him and say, Lord, Lord, I need the sustenance provided in the vine. I need your very life to run through me. And Lord, I'm, I'm weary, I'm downcast, whatever. You can come to him and he is faithful to always meet you. So let's just spend some time in prayer and then the worship team will close and we'll join them in response to God.